Survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last, Greg Norman. to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. Hello and welcome to Inside the Ropes, a very special Vic Open, an ISPS Hander Vic Open edition of Inside the Ropes, episode number 81 as we sort of sneakily race our way past other podcasts with lesser alternatives. <laughs> it's been a successful last few uh, last few months, really. We've yeah. raced from 60 to 80-odd. We have. That's the voice of Justin Felkner. Thanks for speaking before I introduce you. Sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm not retrained at this, am I? No, Sorry, no, Mark. that was fine. Uh, Mark Hayes, that was Justin Falconer. We are very wearily coming to you from 13th Beach, Barwon Heads in regional Victoria, one of the great places to uh, come and visit, and for an absolute myriad, well, I can't even find the right words, an absolute <laughs> that's, that's truckload. That's obvious. Yeah, that's very true. A truckload of golfers found it a great place to score today, and that's probably the big takeout of round one of the ISPS Handovic Open. It's been just a day of unbelievable scoring here at 13th Beach. Yeah, you'd say that if a lot of them were happy to be here yesterday, they'd be a lot happier going home tonight. Um, barely anyone... Relatively speaking, played over par today. Um, the course was a bit soft. La- rained quite a lot last night. Um, for those who aren't down in Bowen Heads, which is probably the majority of the listenership, <laughs> I dare say, Mark. Uh, it poured down yesterday afternoon. Given, and then... given that I reckon, you know, up to 15 million Australians listen to this, up to. Yeah, well, when you... And you the population it... of Bowen Heads is about 5,000. There's a sneaky chance that they're not all here. That's actually pretty sharp maths by you. That's, I didn't know you had that in you. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, anyway... Rained quite a bit last night and softened the course up and a lot of them came in today and just spoke about that and said, you hit the fairway and you could just go at the greens and give yourself putts and that's what a lot of them did this afternoon. It's extraordinary what they did. So let's backtrack to the start of the play today. Uh, We were scheduled to start at 7am and there was a piece... That feels like a lifetime ago. It really does right now. (laughs) We're recording this at about 9 o'clock on Thursday evening. Uh, It was uh, a piece super... It was. At 7 o'clock this morning, and it forced the delay of play for, for 70 minutes until we could actually see up the fairways. Uh, at that point, though, clearly no wind, hence the fog, and that is just green light city for everyone here on both the creek and the beach courses, but the creek copped an absolute caning today, didn't it? Yeah, it was quite bizarre getting here this morning. I've This is my third Vic Open. I'm sure you've been down here. It's been down here for Bowenhead. This is the sixth time, and you've been down here for most of, if not all, I'd say. All. And I... Seven seven times we've been down here Seven times down here. There you go. I don't don't remember a morning, anything like that, uh, what we had this morning. We got here, and it was dead still, and just you could barely see 100 yards in front of you. So everyone sort of got to the first tee this morning and stood around and... Um, looked at each other and said, what are we going to do? And while there's a groan about missing your tea time and re-warming up and all that sort of thing, hmm. you can also sort of hear an inward little golf clap because yeah. they know that this is their chance to get out there and post. And the first person to do that this morning, let's talk about the women's 
uh, Vic Open to start with. The first person to light things up was none other than our own Suo. Uh, Suo. Didn't muck around this morning. She started on the creek course on the 10th tee, which is largely considered the easier course of the two. So when you get the creek course in pretty soft conditions, it's um, it's there for the taking. And she had a hole-in-one. She'd already made a couple of birdies and then got to the 15th, hit a six-iron from uh, about 160 yards, I think it was, and, yeah, reports came through to the media centre that she'd had a hole-in-one. She didn't muck around, and she was already at four under, then made a birdie straight after that, I believe. And, uh, yeah, she didn't see it go in. No one did on the tee, but there was one bloke down beside the green who... They he sort of was standing there, saw the ball roll down and roll in, and he sort of was trying to signal to everyone on the tee box that she's made a hole in one. So awesome. subdued some celebrations, I believe. And that, that's her first on the LPGA Tour. Um, and for those unaware, as I was until today, the uh, LPGA Tour uh, generously donates $20,000 on behalf of yeah. Sue O to the St. Jude's Hospital in Memphis yep. uh, as part of the CME um, sponsorship of the tour. Uh, that's a very generous donation and a great thing for Suo to sort of you know kick off, kickstart her season with something so memorable and and ultimately generous. But we all sat here, we wrote our stories, we watched Kim Kaufman come in late, we watched Anne Catherine Tangay of Canada come in much earlier, mm. uh, and we thought, well, still Sue's going to be the story with her ace and leading the tournament at six under, and then blow me down, <laughs> knock me down with a feather, Justin. <laughs> Your mate, Felicity Johnson. I think she's everybody's mate, Felicity she Johnson. Is, she's is an honorary true. Australian, only because she's here so often and for so long at a time. And I don't want to speak ill of her motives or anything, but I think it's fair to say that if you're a reasonable-looking rooster and you... <laughs> well, nah, this... No, no, I'm not talking about anything to do with nasty on, things. But she's, you know, get me she's, she's very keen to sort of, uh, you know, become Australian. Yeah, say. for sure. Green card. And she fits right in. Green card are words that pop out of her mouth, and she's an absolute <laughs> cracker. If you see Flick Johnson, if you're one of the 15 million Australians in Bowen Head's pub tonight, <laughs> walk up to Flick Johnson and get, buy her a beer. She'll, she's a, yeah, she'll buy you a beer, probably. She probably will. So Flick Johnson wrecks the lives of 30 or 40 journalists by scoring an 8-under par 65 on the creek course as light faded here at 13th Beach. And we... By virtue of how good the scoring was today, we ended up talking to a lot of players that we thought would come in at six, seven, eight. <laughs> Flick come in, she was the last person we spoke to off the course, and I thought she said one of the great things. She's like, I don't want to sound super cocky here, but it was actually kind of easy. She's <laughs> like, I hit 17 greens, I hit the fairways, and she just played smart golf and paid dividends. She's one of the great characters of uh, not only women's golf, but golf around the world. She's yeah. an absolute beauty. We don't generally support uh, English people coming over here and dominating our sporting we never events, do. but if we uh, have to have one, we're really glad that it's Flick Johnson. She's a cracker. Mm. Uh, in the rest of the field, there's some, there was some fantastic scoring today. I actually we just finished writing a story saying 76 women posted scores of one under or better. Mm. Um, phenomenal golf. Who did you make uh, of the people who aren't at the very pointy end of the leaderboard? Who did you think's nicely placed after round one? There's a few interesting ones going down. We've got a it's only one day, but we've got a good leaderboard already. Alison Lee, who has had a leaner couple of years, she's at five under, so she's three back a flick. She was the last person into the field this week uh, by virtue of Brooke Henderson pulling out. So Alison looks like she's trying to make the most of that opportunity. And we also spoke to another young Australian today, Karis Davidson. Uh, My girl. Your girl, Karis. Yeah, you can have her. Yeah, oh, yeah she's yours. I love Karis. She was unreal, and she... She looks every bit the part of, in a couple of years' time, she'll be, um, I mean, she was in the final group last year alongside Hannah Green and 
Minji Lee. Uh, we had three Australians in the final group in the women's event, but yeah, Karis is four under already and just placed perfectly after a big year last year in Japan. And came back looking stronger. She was a, uh, a physically larger addition. She just is musclier. She's, yeah, she she's looks bigger. like a pro golfer right now. And she does. She doesn't look like a, a young yeah. girl. She looks like a mature woman and... and um, I think phenomenal goal from her, uh, and she gave away a little secret at the end of, the, of her press conference, mm. didn't she? she yeah, I, I thought she might have been chowing down on the sushi. You, were, in... you went straight to the diet after we talked about how many birdies <laughs> and bogeys she'd had. And she came up with no sushi. Meat. Meat. Buffets. She's on it? the buffets. Who knew that meat buffets were so prevalent throughout Japan? There's hope for you yet, Mark. I'm moving. <laughs> this, if this doesn't pan out for me in Western Victoria, <laughs> I am on the fast train to, where would I go? Hiroshima, maybe? Yeah, well, anyway. Tokyo. Nagoya. I think, I'm a, I think I'd be a fan yeah, of Nagoya. Nagoya-type operator. Yeah, I think so. Minji Lee, one under. Yeah, it's really under the radar. Possibly the most under the radar Minji you'll get down here at 13th Beach. She's obviously won twice. Certainly not out of it. Um, I watched a couple of her uh, holes today, and she played well enough from tee to green but just couldn't control the putter so I think that's probably the, the worst that she's going to have and, and first up for her this year so yeah. working her way back into it she was first up last year in one but um, you'd think she'd be better for the run today at least definitely and I think she's had such great experiences on the beach course here at 13th yep. that I think her round at the creek today is over and done with yeah. and she'll look forward to getting onto a course that she's dominated in previous years and probably I think almost unarguably plays better than everyone else in the field. So yeah. interesting to see her still well placed at one under. Hannah Green at three under. She's T22, so the only five back of Johnson. Along with her, Georgia Hall, of course, the 2016 champion and one of the two players now in the top ten of the world that are here down here. And um, she's obviously already got two shot buffer on Minji, but it could be those two um, towards the pointy end of the weekend. And a shout to Grace Kim, who shot three under early days to yep. be what we thought was going to be the low amateur round of the day. But she had five birdies in a row as well, Grace. Did she really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, she was, and she said she should have made one on the next hole as well. Really? Yeah. We'll talk about successive birdies more in a minute from we someone else. Oh, how's the sec? The tees there. Well, You're was, getting good at this. We're all about the tees here. Uh, but. She was overtaken late in the day by a New South Wales state teammate of hers, Steph Kiriaku, who actually had a couple of late bogeys in a, in a four-under round um, to be really prominently placed. And I know she was very excited, uh, Steph. So that's she's coming off some great results in the amateur. Yeah, she's come along leaps and bounds. And she and Grace have been selected in the Queen's Syracuse um, in next month in Adelaide and just shows what sort of position she's taken in the women's amateur game in Australia as well. So... Um, yeah, at four under, that's it's an unreal effort first up here at the Big Open. Kari Webb, uh, Paula Creamer, even par, mm. um, still in contention, do you think? Even though they're... Yeah, for sure. Not, not that they're uh, um, too many shots back, but there's a lot of people already between her and the leaders. Yeah, that's true, but I think... Well, that's an interesting question. If you'd asked Kari today, would she have taken even par or not? What do you think she would have said? Uh, I don't think she would have taken it. And I, I did chat to her after the round, and okay. she, she basically said... She admitted to a little bit of rust, but she said, uh, you know, had the putter behaved itself, it, it was actually a better ball striking round than that appears. So, yeah. again, probably like Minji Lee, better for the run and probably expect to see bigger and better things from her tomorrow. Um, Katrina Matthew is among the um, legends of this game at one under. One under um, and managed to avoid an incident where Huggy nearly dropped the golf bag on her. That's on true. Inside the ropes own John Huggin. Yeah. Um, Cat- caddying for Katrina this week. And almost ended her week on the front nine, but... 
with a what could have been an extremely unfortunate incident, but thankfully Katrina's going to front up tomorrow. Great story about that on the golf.org.au website if you want to have a read. Um, we've you know we've got him, we've got people embedded in this field all over the place, haven't we? We do. We've got uh, yeah, we've got ears to the ground all over. The place. <laughs> Rebecca Artis even par, Steph Nar even par, um, Tiff Joe is a favourite of many play, many people who watch the women's game. She's even par. Paula Creamer at even par as we mentioned. Charlie Hull at even par. Uh, Didi Ashok at one over. Uh, Laura Davies at one over. So there's this, it's a star-studded field. Even um, par, currently, there's 96 players at even par or better. So yeah. the battle for the cut tomorrow will be an interesting one. It really will be. Now, let's turn our attention to the men's field. And honestly, we talked about low scoring in the women's. Let's give you quick stats before we go to the pointy end of the field. Would you believe, please, Bruce, Justin the Rocket Falconer, that there are 87 men at three under or better? You just go down in the red numbers and I'm scrolling forever. There's 64 at at four or better. 64. I could, I could four keep under. doing this. But let's that's numbers a good one to focus on because at 60 plus amateurs and tyres tomorrow yep. will make the cut for the third round. There are 64 men at four under or better. That means at the current pace, which I would... I struggle to imagine that that pace could be maintained tomorrow in the second no. round. But if it were to be, we would have something in the vicinity of an eight under par cut after two rounds. Even we, if it gets to five or six, it'll be pretty extraordinary. Oh, it will be extraordinary. Yeah. 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 But that just shows you the defense of these courses, the coastal courses, as is true around the world, especially on um, club courses that have pros visit them, yeah. um, like world-class pros visit them, their defense is the wind. That's what Jeff said tonight when we talked to him. He said... If there's no wind here, that doesn't have any teeth and it's yeah. not too long out here. And obviously with how soft it became overnight, um, those guys are just going to shoot low. And it's probably not too far into someone who's played in the US for the last 20 years. But to us, we yeah. see tens, eights and sixes and yeah, it's incredible. on the first day. But And that, that Jeff you refer to, of course, Jeff Ogilvy playing his first Vic Open in about 20 years. 21 years, 21 yes. 21 years. So And had a ball. He did. had an absolute ripper of a time and he made mention of the no ropes factor yeah I just was listening to that back then he said he was just pumped about it's the best way to play golf people feel like they're in your round and he also made note of that people get it and I think maybe that was one of the fears coming down here about not having the ropes that it's just it's just chaos and there's people everywhere all over the joint but people understand down here what it's about and he did mention that it wouldn't work all around the world but that there are certain times when it's yeah, it's great. Well, how about this for a collection of players at six under? Michael, and this isn't all of them, by the way. Michael Sim, Aaron Pike, uh, Stuart Manley from Wales, former champ Michael Long, the legend Peter Lonard, Beef Johnston, Matt Jago, who's going places, uh, Uter Cater, a world top 100 player, Ryan Fox, a superstar Kiwi, Nick Cullen, a European tour player, Nick Colsarts, Adam Bland, a European tour player. That's only six under. At only six under, and Jason—that's ridiculous, isn't it's it? Absurd. And Jason Norris is at six under with a triple bogey seven. Would you believe on the par four eighteenth? Uh, that was unbelievable within itself. But then we go up to the well, slightly higher echelons because mm. we're climbing still a long way. And there's been so many scores above that today that these so many of these blokes shot seven under, and we barely even mentioned noticed. Them, yeah. No, that's it. Wade Ormsby, Anton Carlson, Lucas Herbert, Matt Griffin, Grant Forrest, and Peter Cook, and. Andre Lorte, the amateur from Victoria, all seven under. Now, if an amateur shoots seven under normally, that's a that's yeah. a major, major story. Yeah, that's serious. He's. I'm sorry, Andre, because you're a ripping young fellow, really polite, lovely, yeah. great round of golf. You're three off the pace. 
you're three off the pace and you've got one, two, three, four, five, six guys on eight under ahead mm. of you. Before we get to the leader, the unbelievable story of Nick Flanagan. Yeah, um, 10 under today. And he also had a, there was a couple, he had two bogeys as well. In his two round. bogeys in the 10 under 62 on the creek course. Two bogeys, two eagles. He only had four, five pars for the day. Um, That's what you want when you come as a punter to yep. watch your round of golf. You don't want to see sort of, you know, regulation two-putt pars. You want yeah. to see stuff. That And Nick Flanagan's one of the nicest guys you'll meet. Yeah. It An was, incredible backstory. It was interesting him talking about he sort of just, he feels like a different golfer and he's just relishing the chance to play five weeks in a row mm. instead of having to come down here, have one start and be just super worried about... I've got to make the cut. I've got to make money. Now he feels like he's got a big block of events and he said he's just playing way more golf this year than last year and that's obviously helping him the way he's playing. So before Curtis Luck repeated the feat, uh, Nick Flanagan was, you'll remember, the 2003 Sorry, US yep. Amateur Champion. He was the second only Australian to do that before Curtis Luck. The world was his oyster. He made it onto the US PGA Tour, struggled with form and injuries for a while, drifted back. And was, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but he was reduced to being a caddy for his good mate Aaron Price at, Oakmont, at the yeah. Oakmont version or edition of the US Open in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, sparked him there. He saw it. He wanted a piece of it. He'd been playing golf uh, in Texas or in, just with his mates and his father-in-law. Um, really hadn't sort of contemplated doing anything else outside that and Monday qualifiers to get onto mini tours, etc., uh, until that moment, and that rekindled him a little bit, and he's gone all the way back from the heights of the PGA Tour to Q School, the Australian PGA Tour, at the end of 2017, where he qualified to get his card back, and you know that's a massive roller coaster. USM to PGA yeah, Tour, crazy. all the way back down to Australian Q School. He's doing the hard yards, ripping man, ripping story, very modest. 10 under par 62. It's it's truly amazing. So He was magnificent today. And yeah, he just seems like a player that's completely, from just from hearing him talking to him, he sounds like a player that's really... That piece. Coming, yeah, him coming around to being on top of his game. And yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting that if, if he can keep playing well and... Um, he's a forgotten man. Oh, yeah. He's a great story. He really he is. playing well, for And sure. he's such a good player. He gives the ball a fearful hammering for a little guy in terms of weight. Yeah. Uh, I can say that about anyone in this field. I hate to <laughs> just inform you. Just just recapping that James Anstice from New Zealand. Second year in a row, he shot 800 in the first round. A good stat from you. Last year, he went 64 and then, unfortunately, went 77-77. Oh, hello to the Anstice family. Thanks for you for that. <laughs> American Kurt Kitayama. Hugo Leon from uh, Chile. It was a fantastic round, a very good, entertaining player. James Nitty's uh, story all to itself. Jason Scrivener late in with an 8-under and Callum Shinkwin 8-under. I mentioned James Nitty's earlier, the tease from midway through the podcast. Equal to world record today, mate. What what happened in James Nitty's round? It's hard to explain. It's We were had the European Tour crew down here scrambling for the record books. He made nine birdies in a row, which is an equal world record. Full stop. It's happened never on the European Tour. Correct. It happened to Kalkovecchia in 2009, I think it was. So it's the second time ever. In the men's side. Bronte Law on the women's side. Yep. And Amy Yang also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that a couple of years ago. Yeah. She did all in the front nine, I think. On the back nine, well, I think, back in nine, Korea. Yeah. Um, nine in a row. Extraordinary. And he just he couldn't stop talking about how it came. 
on 14, he had a double bogey after hitting the middle of the fairway. So he's like, oh, I was pretty upset. I was pretty frustrated. So he rattled off nine birdies. He said he had nine two. Birdies. He's like, I made the first two. And I was like, oh, that makes me feel a little bit better. And then to go on and make the next seven in a row. Seven. And I was talking to Stephen, uh, Stephen Potts, his caddy, afterwards. He said, by the time you made six or seven birdies, no one in the group was even talking about it. They were just hushed watching him. They <laughs> daren't mention it, what was going on. They knew the record. Uh, I don't know how, but they knew the record. And uh, look, that's phenomenal. So James Nitty's nine birdies in a row. Quote of the it, day when he came in and said that he almost had a chance at... He had a chance at a tenth, and he came in and said, no, but I I mean, I couldn't have done that to Mark. I didn't want to break his record. So, <laughs> And he said, I've never I've never held a world record in anything, so this is pretty exciting. I, yeah, I wouldn't great. be surprised if he'd done something that would have earned him a world record at some stage, <laughs> but let's just roll with what he said. Could be a world record-worthy moustache that he's running at the moment. It is. It's that's a serious slug on the... Yeah. It really is. Nice. You can sort of almost hear the bow, chicka, bow, bow as we sort of roll around. Anyway, let's get away. That's going into a very bad area of the podcast and we might need a new rating. That's it for us. We're going to have a crack at a few more of these as the week unfolds here from 13th Beach. Justin Falconer, thanks so much for joining us after a very long day. Thank you, Mark. See you bright and early. That was very formal, yep. Another 14 hours. I like hour. to keep it pretty formal around here, you know that. You are. You're a very formal individual. Thank you. Um, that's, I've been Mark Hayes. He's been Justin Falconer. That was episode 81 of Inside the Ropes, and we'll be back to do it again tomorrow from the ISPS hander, Vic Open.